The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. This is all about an epic battle. It's not comparing apples with pears. It is... Apple versus Epic Games, and it's a, a big one, and it's a big standoff, Colin Cullis. It is, Bruce. It, uh, the, the court case uh, started on Monday. It's ongoing. It's probably taken a while. It's going to be very complicated. And so for this evening, I was going to bring you three stories, all of them relating to Apple and the role where it is both the hero or the villain, or rather, I'm going to tell you the three elements and you tell me if you think they're the hero or the villain in them. The first is that battle over the App Store. The second is the exposing of Facebook and the privacy issue with, uh, with Apple that it has in that regard. And the third one is whether or not Apple has the right to stop users repairing their their own phones. So Apple, for the most part, has said, we're doing this out of abundant care for its users. And everybody else who says otherwise is just being vindictive or nasty. So for some context, I can tell you that Apple has 700 million phones that are currently in use around the planet. 280 million approximately in China, 120 in the US, and the balance spread around the world. In China and the rest of the world, they've got about a 10% market share but almost 50% in the US. So while 120 million as a standalone number of phones might be you know, comparatively low, it marks almost 50% of the US market, the richest, most affluent, and most uh, lucrative market in the world. So Apple uh, makes a major cut of its revenues from selling new iPhones, and it's been doing that ever since 2007 when they sold it. Uh, but updating a phone each year in order to keep those sales growing, particularly when the phones are getting more and more expensive, is getting harder and harder because the phones are now just so good that thinking you need to get a new one after a year is mad. You can hang on to those things for four years, five years, even longer. In fact, Apple has already uh, been shown to slow their phones down over a period of time just to nudge you along to buy something better, uh, or they simply stop supporting older models with the newer software. Uh, an alternative to making money from selling your phones, though, is having an app store where people will keep buying apps or subscribing to things, and you take a cut of that. And uh, ostensibly, the way it works for Apple is you pay $99 if you're a developer and you want to put an app in the store. You pay uh, $99 a year, and then you uh, get access to the software to make your apps, and you're free to uh, publish it into the app store, providing it meets all of the rules and regulations. And then when you are able to uh, sell it, to um, users, uh, Apple will take 30% of anything you make from that. That's separate to sort of ads that are served on games and things, which obviously is a very big part. This would be subscriptions, or if people are buying things in the game or, or buying uh, elements or the game itself, or uh, game or any uh, part of the, of the app. Um, from the beginning, people like Amazon, who sold books uh, on an iPhone, said, hang on, you know, we, 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 we make the content, we made the app, and you want to take a cut of every book we sell just because it happens to be on your phone, even though the person bought the phone. It's ultimately their phone. They should decide if they need to be give something to you. Uh, but back then, you know, Apple had the upper hand and the phones were selling like hotcakes. So uh, people like Amazon just had to sort of uh, deal with it. Or have you only buy those books on their website, which for a long time, for example, uh, my wife had an, an iPhone. It simply never gave her the option to buy books on the iPhone. I had an Android phone. I could buy it. Uh, on my Android. Even though uh, the Android stores and all of the stores ultimately do take a bit of a cut, Apple was the one that sort of set the way, everybody copied them and never deviated from that for a very long time. Until recently, and that's when Epic came into the mix. Uh, Epic is principally a PC gamer, but they know that a lot of the people who play, uh, particularly Fortnite, play so on mobile. In fact, 75 million of Epic's users play it only on the Apple phone. And so they're 
it is a very big market for them for not only users that they want to keep playing, but a means for them to generate the only revenue they make, which is selling people costumes and silly emotes and stuff like that in the game, which has proven to be very effective. Uh, but similarly, uh, Epic knows that it's got to keep creating new games and new reasons for people to want to play the game and then spend money on it. So it's going to need to come out with, with, with newer products. Uh, and unless um, they can have a way of ensuring that the revenue they get can be maximized, that's not going to be good for them. And handing 30% of anything they make over to Apple obviously is is not worth it. I think something else which came out in, in or has come out in the court case that maybe adds to it is that Epic has been trying to build its own store uh, and spending a lot of money trying to get people to go and use that versus, let's say, a Microsoft store or the big popular one for, for PCs is one called uh, Steam by a company called Valve. Uh, also charging you know 30% to uh, encourage developers to use the platform and to get lots of users. But Epic has been struggling a bit to get the kind of... Um, as many users using it uh, to, to ensure that it's going to be a sustainable and profitable uh, platform for them, which it isn't yet. So uh, they have to then be looking at the mobile market, which makes sense. Everybody should. It's, it's the biggest market. Uh, and so this was an opportunity for them, while they're still heroes themselves, to put them up against Apple and, and look like they're the little guy up against Apple. Now, one thing from the court case appears to be that the law is on Apple's side. Apple's going to say, we built the phone, we built the app store. You don't have to be part of it. We're not forcing you to do it. We're a private company. We get to set the rules. The rules don't uh, prevent you selling your game elsewhere. It doesn't prevent our users playing your game on other platforms. It simply says on our phone, which you know for most of the world only makes up 10% of the market, we want to set our own rules and we want to look after our own base. And they also say you know, that 30% uh, covers all of the apps that are free, covers the development that they do for looking after the security of the app store and checking that all those apps are safe to use and making the software available so that developers can access all of the amazing things that the iPhone can do and make their apps run super fast and, and be super good to use. Legitimate uh, arguments, but arguably not for the revenue that they get in return. And so this is where the court case certainly is going to probably get appealed regardless of who wins and take some time to to get sorted although the pr battle and the the minds of you and i just looking at this from 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 the sides might see us as saying actually apple you've had a really good run 30 percent does sound like a lot given that by now you pretty much don't accept anything unless it's very safe and you pull it out as soon as you want to the developing the software it's only incremental changes you're not having to rebuild this thing from scratch so 30 percent sounds like a very large margin you're taking and we might assume that it's been done simply because the other margins from phone sales etc are starting to drop uh to capitalize on that, people like Microsoft and, and Valve have started dropping their own fees just to make sure they're on the right side of the <laughs> PR battle. Uh, but then Apple itself, on fools, they have uh, dropped the $99 uh, subscription for educational developers and NGOs, uh, and they've said that they will be reducing the 30% to 50% after the first year uh, for apps that have maintained subscribers over that. I mean, this is feels like really healthy competition. I mean, it, ultimately, they're battling for hearts and minds. Yes, they're fighting huge battles and multi-billion dollar battles amongst themselves and each other, and it's a big ego trip. But ultimately, surely this is good for all of us. That they do this in a court, I think, is good for all of us. Uh, that they're doing it and will continue to do so, that I'm less sure about. Because mm. what is what I think I can say quite, quite fairly is that right from the beginning, the people who decided to buy an Apple uh, didn't just own a device that allowed them to do stuff. They became Apple fans. And so what Apple has been very good at, in fact, maybe what Apple, what Apple does is it doesn't make software or devices. It works out ways of controlling or owning 
assets in people, in their users. And, and this is one of the elements where because they control what will appear in the store and what they'll get from that store and you are unlikely to leave that store, they won't let you load another store. Like you can with an Android phone, you can go and load anything you want on there. They just tell you, hey, we got no control over if this is good, bad or indifferent. Apple says no ways because we want to keep you safe, which is fair and legit because for most of us, we're going to be idiots and we will do something that is bad. But for those who are able to do it, there should be an option to say, uh, trust me, I'm a fool. I want to have this stuff on my phone because it's my phone. And Apple mm. still says no. And that's the bit where you say, well, then hang on, Apple, you're not exactly uh, fitting with that. So if I switch to the privacy issue, which there seems to be a lot more clearer case here, Facebook doesn't look like a good guy at all with um, Apple with the most recent uh, software update saying we're going to let users decide exactly what apps may get access to when it comes to tracking them. And for the most part, People are aware that apps track us and they know what we're doing. And your, you know, your conversation earlier about just how much they're capable of finding out about what we're doing. We don't really pay enough attention. But when you see a long list appearing in front of your screen after you've just uh, uploaded a, a new app or turned an app on for the first time, and you see all of the stuff that it can do and what all it can read, your first instinctual reaction is to say, no, I don't want you to do that. Turn it off. And that's not necessarily bad for us. I would, I would agree. Turn most of those things off. We don't need them. But for somebody like Facebook, uh, who relies on knowing lots about what you're doing to make sure they can match exactly the right ad to what they think you will most likely respond to, uh, it is critical. And unfortunately, internet advertisers have built their business on the basis that we know so much more about our users, so we'll give you much more effective advertising and it'll be so much cheaper. For me, the, the jury's still out on whether or not they've actually managed to do that without getting very creepy unnecessarily so in order to do so. <laughs> but the point is, that's what they're that's what they're claiming and so they need to sort of uh, deliver it if they get to the point where apple says sorry facebook the only thing you know is that uh, colin is on facebook now so serve him an ad but you're going to know nothing about what else is looked at on this phone or on a website is visited then basically they're back to traditional media which also sort of said i have no idea who's listening to the radio right now uh, or if they'll respond to this ad or that ad but play it to them and maybe they will and uh, you know who knows 50 percent of your advertising will work we just don't know which half you know that classic line the flip side of the privacy, though, is that Apple is not saying we want to keep our users private and that's the end of it. They themselves are looking to put advertising on their platform and the advertising network that they run will have access to your data because, of course, you don't mind sharing your data with Apple. They're the ones ultimately keeping you safe and tracking where you are for your safety and all these other good things. And so you would trust them that they're not going to do anything that's harmful to you. And they're not except advertisers will be able to target you quite specifically. And again, if your ads are then showing in the app store, if your ads are displaying on apps that you've got on the phone, uh, well, then Apple is sort of playing the judge and jury on both sides of it, uh, trying to be an advocate for privacy while ultimately just giving another reason to say that other ad networks like Google and Facebook won't be as effective as them because they own the devices. Which brings us to the last bit then about who does actually own the device. And this is the right to repair. Usually, you know, you bought something and you could tinker with it, you could add to it, or you could go back to the manufacturer and say, oh, my screen broke, can I buy a new screen, please? Can I buy a new this, that, or something else? Apple's never had that view. If you wanted to get it fixed, you took it back to Apple and only approved Apple uh, repairers could do so. A lot of other people looked and said, but hang on, they're not doing anything special. Uh, why, why can't anybody look to repair their phone? Now they make the argument that says, well, if you've got a security device like a, a face detection uh, camera or something and somebody can replace it and so bypass the security, well, that'll be very bad. And I would agree. Or if they say, you know, if some user can easily open their phone and then they wind up smashing a battery or, or, or shorting out something and the phone stops working, that's a very expensive device. You don't want somebody mucking with it. And again, I would agree. But like uh, loading potentially dodgy apps, if it's your 
your phone, you should have the right to open it and do what you want to do with it. And it's been shown they use software that even when you replace the exact same part with an approved actual Apple part, it still won't work because a little piece of software needs to tell uh, Apple that this was installed by somebody that Apple has deigned is able to do it. And so can charge more for it. Exactly. Besides the fact that the tools that they sell are all unique and you have to only buy those tools from Apple. So if you look at the three things that, that Apple is doing, the argument is they're simply looking out for the users and we are all getting to decide. But as I suspect, as they move to more and more subscription-based uh, options, and another big one, and I don't have the time to cover it now, is but with, with cars and things, you wind up belonging to Apple. And the, 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 the likelihood of you deciding to ever switch from Apple is pretty much like you being a billionaire and after 27 years deciding to get divorced. It will not come easy. <laughs> it will not come cheap. And you probably will regret doing it. So that's why I say we need to be a little more careful with uh, the unusual things that will still come from this most influential device this century because I don't think we've seen anything yet. No, oh, Colin Cullis, thank you very much indeed. Uh, good warning there from Colin Cullis with Business Unusual on a Wednesday night.